0: Live long and prosper.
1: I was going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass.
0: Shut up and take my money.
1: Buy Grab Thar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot.
0: Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. My
1: whole frog Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a, a Play game. on Nerds. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode 144 of the wonderful, fabulous, fantastic, a play on nerds podcast. I'm Jarmin.
0: And I'm Steve. That's right. So many F words to describe our podcast.
1: <laughs> Fantabulous.
0: Fantabulous or fantastic like beasts, oh. like fantastic beast three that's coming out.
1: Yeah, Great segue, Steve, you did such a good job. I'm so proud of you. And we're actually not going to talk about that movie because uh, we're we're trying to show the support to the people who uh, are co- coming out to say that J.K. Rowling is kind of a transphobe. So uh, it's kind of a problem. So instead she's been of-
0: saying some problematic things that make it hard to support her. Yeah. And hopefully her fans set her straight.
1: I agree, and I hate to not support a movie because of one person involved, but the problem is she's like the head, the figurehead of everything involved in that movie. So it's kind of hard. Well, not-
0: yeah, but Eddie Redmayne also just sucks. <laughs> he is the most, he is the most overrated actor that we have seen in a millennia.
1: Well, what are you talking about? I, I'm so fantastic. I'm wonderful. I'm a fantastic beast. I'm he fun-
0: consistently looks like a turtle that can't find a shell. <laughs> consistently. Oh my god.
1: <laughs> and it sucks because I really love Mads Mikkelsen, um even more than I like Johnny Depp in that part. And I wanted to see that. So And Jude Law,
0: exciting yeah. and good.
1: So maybe the Storks um, will just drop that movie off uh, for me to watch someday. Um, but instead of watching that, we are going to watch another movie about magic and young people learning magic. The Sorcerer's Apprentice with the wonderful Nicolas Cage.
0: That's right. Uh, it's It's a doozy. And boy, am I excited to get into it.
1: And if you haven't seen it, watch it before this episode, if you can, and then we can talk about it later. But until then, what have you been up to since our last episode, Steve?
0: Well, a few exciting things going on. Uh, I had my first day back in the office.
1: Oh, that's got to be weird.
0: We are doing a a transitional period, I think five or six weeks where we're going to spend more and more time Mm -hmm. in office. And so this last week was just pick a day and come in.
1: (laughs) That's pretty nice. Flexibility. It was nice.
0: Right, Right. Right. And it kept people spread out. Um, and so I went in, but everyone chose the same day I did. So I got to see a bunch of people. But, man, I forgot how just exhausting it is to be social.
1: Oh, yeah. forced socialist a social behavior, not socialism. But, yeah, you're forced. <laughs> forced socialist <laughs> socialism. <laughs> but yeah, like you have to go in and talk to people. You don't have a choice if you have an office environment.
0: We're going to get a cup of coffee. Fuck you. Enjoy talking about the weather.
1: No, I don't want to. <laughs> uh,
0: no, but it's it's also fun to see people. It's hard to remember what it was like mm-hmm. to be able to walk down a hall and ask someone a question. That's true. It's just weird. Yeah, I don't um, have to deal with
1: that ever again.
0: <laughs> and then I mean, you barely have to put pants on.
1: I usually don't.
0: <laughs> see. Uh, and then exciting news uh, and and a recap from last time we talked. Last time we talked, our cat was missing. Yes. And had been missing. Well, at day 13 of missing, we were up at Anna's mom's uh, for Joyce's spring break, mm-hmm. her first spring break. That's crazy to say. Uh, and on the Friday morning we were there, we get a text. Hey, is this your cat? Oh, my gosh. And a picture of our cat. And the guy just says, yeah, he's been hanging out on our back porch for a week. <laughs> <God>. <laughs> So we drive down from grandma's just Anna and I and try to catch him and he won't come, but at least we see him and we know he's alive and we go back basically every day and try different things. Put out tuna. We took his sister in a cage, hoping that her cries would like bring him in. Yeah. Um, And nothing seemed like it was going to work. So I bought a humane cat trap oh. <laughs> off of Amazon <laughs> And it came on Monday night, and I took it over on Tuesday. And the the people whose house it was were very accommodating. Thank you, Joe and Lisa. Hmm. Thank you so much. Uh, and I showed it to him. He said, yeah, we could set that up. And we set it up at 2 p.m. And at 9 p.m., I got a call. Hey, we caught your cat. Come get, her. get him. He's freaking out.
1: Oh, my gosh. <laughs> What the so hell is drove, wrong with them?
0: So I drove the four minute drive because they are literally right around the corner. They're just sort of on the other side of the neighborhood.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, from a street perspective, they're far, but really they're like 100 yards from our place. Wow. Right. Um, and got our cat. So we have Troubadour, our cat, back after after 20 days
1: wow did he act kind of weird once he's back in the apartment again
0: he's he's a little shaky he's hungry his 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 butt's doing some funny stuff (laughs) okay Uh, but i don't know how he ate or what he ate so who knows what he is passing through his
1: system that's remarkable that he lasted that long that's incredible
0: yeah, Joe uh, had some f- funny. Th- he thought he his recollection of Trudy was like he seemed really confident and intuitive. I thought he was like a real capable street smart cat. It's <laughs> like no, he has no skills. <laughs> his favorite food is spider webs. Oh god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: and he also said so. He Joe himself, the guy, had four cats. Mm two of them are ferals that him and his wife took in a couple of years ago. And he says that they chase everything out of the yard. He yeah. said dogs, other cats, squirrels, raccoons on occasion. They don't like anything in their yard. And he said, but for whatever reason, they're just leaving your cat alone.
1: <laughs> That's why he thought he was a and, tough street cat.
0: <laughs> but really what they he didn't know was those cats looked at troubadour and went, nah, no
1: threat. <laughs> that guy's useless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> He's basically a baby. Let's leave him alone. <laughs> Uh, But he's over on. If anything, uh, we thought his sister was going to be much more accommodating. Mm -hmm. She is. She hates him.
1: She's not happy that he's back. We
0: (laughs) we can't get them together. We don't know if she doesn't recognize him because he smells funny. We had to do we had to do flea treatment. Oh, yeah. Last night. And we did dewormer today. (laughs) You know, the basic kind of things you can do. Uh, But she she wants nothing to do with him.
1: I I get it. He he betrayed her and left and went out to the wilds. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's true. He went and had an adventure and she stayed home.
1: <laughs> well, I'm glad it's, he's back. That's uh that's really weird. <laughs> yeah. What, so,
0: what have you been up to since last we spoke?
1: Well, I had the past like almost past year almost, I've been applying like crazy to get more dependable voiceover work. And I finally did, I think the last episode I had talked about or two episodes ago, that I got a job with a YouTube company that does entertainment videos online. But now I'm working for another YouTube company called Underknown. And they make a lot of channels. Uh, one of them called it's a What If channel. It's very popular, you know, millions of downloads. Um, and they have another one they're starting out. It's been around for a while now, but they want to expand on it. It's called Your Body On. And they're basically funny, fun scientific videos that explain what happens to your body if certain things happen. Like I did one today about males lactating. And it's and they do it in a very funny way. Like they make fun of themselves. They But they're telling really good scientific facts the whole time. And so I'm going to be doing like 16 of these videos a month, um, and they're just they're entertaining. So check it out on Facebook Watch or on uh, YouTube, and it's called Your Body On is the name of the channel. And right now, none of my videos are up yet. There's the old narrators on there, um, and but I'll be up there pretty soon with all their videos. So check it out if you can. That's what i been working on the past uh, couple of weeks. Yeah,
0: and I've got to share this with our audience. Uh, for the first time, it happened where I was on YouTube late at night just clicking around and opened a video about uh, replacing lead singers and how mm-hmm. successful it was. And it took me about 15 seconds. And I went, wait a minute, that's Jarman. <laughs> and just had randomly, not on purpose, clicked onto a video on which Jarman was an error.
1: <laughs> yeah. I love that so much.
0: It was so, but it took me far too long because I'm, I'm so used to your voice. Of course. I didn't even register that something was up.
1: That's that's good, though. I mean, speaking naturally, I didn't make you think this voice is really out of place or anything, so that's good. You just kind of eased into it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And that one's from Uh, the the channel called Grunge, which does a lot of uh, entertainment, and and they do new stuff sometimes, and then obviously this one was music-related that he found, but I thought that was too cool that Stephen ran into it organically, as it were. (laughs) So funny. So, yeah, check them out, guys. But right now it's time for... It's
0: time for Nerdy News. All right, Nerdy News this week. Well, if you grew up in the U.S., you at least have some knowledge of Bozo the Clown. Mm -hmm. Do you have any memory of Bozo the Clown?
1: Vaguely, yeah, yeah.
0: I I remember there was a syndicated TV show seeing as a kid.
1: Yeah, I've seen old clips. But for our UK
0: listeners, Bozo the Clown has been around as a piece of Americana. Uh, it was a popular television figure that hit the small screen in the U.S. households in 1949. Then in 1957, the rights for Bozo the character were sold to a man named Larry Harmon, who then took the character and franchised him. Mm. I'd never heard of this happening in the U.S. I didn't know that because you have like because you have uh, the Voice America, but then there's also the Voice UK, right, and the Voice Canada, and they've taken it and franchised it. But I never thought about franchising television within the U S back at a time where different regions had different dominant stations. Mm. Uh, and so kids across the U S grew up with different Bozo, the clowns. I had no idea. He would license them to these local stations who would make their own show. Hmm. Um, and so everyone, and then they, they would hire a local performer to that region. um, So, yeah, it's just crazy. I didn't even know that existed. Well, with all this context, in October 2021, actor David Arquette bought the rights from Harmon to Bozo the Clown. (laughs) And in February of uh, 2022, he debuted a new character, Jozo Bozo, (laughs) who is the first female Bozo the Clown. Wow. Uh, now, I have to take, I had to do a little bit of nerding here. A lot of the articles I read insinuated or claimed that she is also the first person of color to portray Bozo. But with very little investigation, <laughs> I was able to find that is simply not the case. <laughs> uh, Bozo was franchised in the f- 60s and 70s in Mexico and Brazil. Mm. So multiple Latino gentlemen. Right. Have played Bozo the Clown.
1: And so, clowns are people of color, so.
0: <laughs> yes, that's true. <laughs> Blue and green and purple. Red. <laughs> um, So she is the first female, but not the first person of color. But still first pretty cool. First female of color. How does, still
1: cool. How does David Arquette have Bozo money? That's what I'm wondering.
0: I don't know. He just <laughs> saved it all up. Plus, how much is Bozo worth, though? Maybe that's the question. I'll
1: give you 50 bucks and a, and a cheeseburger for Bozo bozo rights. <laughs>
0: Harmon's like, making two cheeseburgers.
1: And you got yourself there. <laughs> uh,
0: so keep an eye out for Jozo Bozo, the new Bozo the Clown, and David Arquette.
1: <laughs> Apparently. And now we're going to move on to talk about our main segment The Sorcerer's Apprentice. <laughs> A little bit of fun music there from the original Fantasia.
0: We're going to get flagged. I know.
1: We got to talk over it. Yeah. So it doesn't hear it. <laughs>
0: oh, uh, yeah. So it's really so it. uh what, what was your overall impression of the film before we get into the summer?
1: Uh, overall impression, folks, I actually really enjoyed it. It really wasn't that bad. Uh, there were definitely bad things we'll talk about later. But, I mean, I thought it was generally entertaining. It's kind of good for all audiences. And. It was – I was expecting a total bomb, terrible piece of crap, but it really wasn't in my opinion. What about you? Uh,
0: That's my general impression – As well, not that bad. I think you summed it up
1: purposely. Yeah, we're used to viewing very bad movies, so this was not actually that bad. This wasn't
0: that. That was not that terrible. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. Well, it opens in medieval England and Merlin, who has three apprentices, Veronica, Balthazar, and Horvath. Horvath betrays him and works with his nemesis, Morgana, to steal a magical spell called the Rising, which is going to end the world. Veronica manages to stop Morgana and traps herself with her. Uh, Balthazar takes Merlin's ring and he is to find the next chosen one, the prime Merlinian. How do they come up with these friggin' names <laughs> destined to destroy Morgana flash forward to near modern times. A boy goes on a field trip. Uh, he gets separated from his class. He likes this girl, Becky and writes her a note. He goes into a shop and meets Balthazar. The ring responds to him. He's the prime Merlinian, but then he accidentally frees Horvath. That bizarre man just to trap Horvath in a MacGuffin introduced a minute earlier for 10 years. (laughs) Yes. David's embarrassed. His class thinks he's a liar and that he peed his pants (laughs) and you don't recover from that. (laughs) 10 years later to the day, literally that's the thing that flashes on screen. Uh, David is a shut in and a bit of a recluse. He's in college studying physics and electricity and he runs into the girl from his past, Becky, Well, across town, the MacGuffin opens uh, and Balthazar comes out. uh, Horvath comes out, tries to kill Balthazar, who makes it by the skin of his teeth. And they both go to find David. Horvath gets to him first, chases him with wolves. Balthazar shows up and saves him with a giant metal eagle. Uh, Balthazar reveals that Horvath's plan is to uh, free other evil sorcerers and then Morgana. David agrees to help Balthazar. They track down the Grimhold, but Horvath has beat them to it. The Grimhold, the thing sues. that's by the way, the Grimhold. Yeah, it's, a, a thing. it's like a, a nesting doll.
1: It's the thing that holds all the bad sorcerers in Amorgana. Yeah,
0: and each nesting doll is another bad sorcerer that's trapped. Right. A fight ensues in Chinatown, and uh, uh, one of those Chinese like dragons with men inside of it turns into a real dragon. <laughs> uh, they somehow defeat it, and then David starts his training. He fails miserably at first, but then, of course, there's a montage that makes everything worse. Horvath tries to find an apprentice of his own and basically recruits Chris Angel Mind Freak. (laughs) That's basically who they're insinuating. (laughs) Uh, David begins to master his powers, even stopping a mugger and impressing Becky, the girl he likes. Horvath and his new apprentice attack David and they try to get the ring back, but Balthazar saves him, and Balthazar finally tells David that he is the chosen one. David uses his new powers to clean up before Becky comes over, Uh, but then he tries to, the the mops get out of control, and we get a nice fan service version of the Sorcerer's Apprentice, this, that we grew up with, (laughs) with the cleaning things getting out of control, and Balthazar having to stop it at the last minute. Uh, David gets frustrated, he gives up the ring, and he leaves, he can't do it, he goes and talks to the girl, but she sees him. Uh, stalking her. Yep. That's what happens. <laughs> she sees him stalking her and then chases him down. And they have a nice moment on a roof Horvath finds his hideout in the lab and disables Balthazar. They find the hidden grim hold, but David saves Balthazar at the last minute, but Oh no, they've got the grim hold. Then somehow a car chase occurs. Mm-hmm. That is literally what I wrote. Somehow <laughs> a car chase occurs with Balthazar and David ended up stuck in a mirror trying to get through their own reflection as Horvath breaks mirrors,
1: mm-hmm.
0: which was actually pretty cool. It was I got to cool. give it to him. I liked it. Horvath reveals to his apprentice, he needs to drain energy from other Morganians in order to free Morgana from the Grimhold. And he drains his apprentice and Abigail, a creepy little girl who's also trapped in the Grimhold. Balthazar and David just kind of walk into a trap. <laughs> Horvath threatens Becky in exchange for the Grimhold, which which David gives up. David finally tells, uh, tells the girl he's a sorcerer. She just buys it and agrees to help him. Mm-hmm. Horvath uses his captured energy to release Morgana from the Grimhold. Uh, and then Veronica and Morgana merger comes out. It's Veronica at first uh, and starts using satellite dishes to bounce magic. This is where the movie gets a little rough. <laughs> we get this big final battle. Uh, Becky climbs a tower, even though she's afraid of heights, to take out the satellite dishes. Balthazar gets gets his butt kicked by Horvath. Uh, the dead begin rising, but then the satellite dishes go down at the last second, stopping it. Balthazar sucks Morgana out of Veronica but then it doesn't literally doesn't mean anything because a minute later she frees herself.
1: Yeah, Morgana gets out.
0: David fights Morgana. He is the Prime Merlinian. Him and science win the day. Balthazar is dead. David brings him back with magic, and that is the Sorcerer's Apprentice.
1: Yes, it is. <sighs> uh,
0: some rough spots in there, but overall pretty good.
1: Yeah, overall, not too bad. And two Star Trek connections. Uh, oh. Ethan Peck is a very small part. He's the guy who's now playing Spock in the new Star Trek Beyond. Uh, not Beyond. What the hell is it called? Is that what it's called? I can't remember. Um, and Strange New Worlds. Strange New Worlds. There we go. Nailed and, it. And he also started off in um, in Discovery as Spock. Um, and also Alice Krieg. She plays Morgana, and she is the Borg Queen in Star Trek First Contact.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah
1: good call out some i forgot nice, about that. star trek connections there yeah so what what are your likes of this uh film okay scene?
0: so so some things i liked there were some decent story elements and character payoffs mm-hmm. david being in love with becky not knowing that balthazar was in love with veronica and it was his love for her that he kind of blames himself for what happened mm-hmm. which is why he forbids her, him from falling in love
1: that was a good a good part yeah
0: like good arcs and payoffs and reveals, and I liked that that not every character knew everything. Mm-hmm. And so, like David, Balthazar got to reveal to David that he was the the Prime Meridian and what his destiny was. Mm. He got to reveal, or you know, David had to figure it out that Veronica, that he was in love with Veronica. Yeah, it was a good? I, I liked that aspect.
1: Develops over time.
0: Uh, and even little visual language, like the shoe changing, because the the joke is that rubber sole shoes dampen magic, and so David has to put on old man shoes. <laughs> yeah, and so it's him putting them on, and then and then getting to wear them and feeling them. But then, you know, when he gives up, what does he do? He takes them off and puts on his old shoes. Just good, clear visual language. Yeah. Um. What are some things that you liked before we get into the rougher stuff?
1: Um, one thing I like is that, uh, well, it's very entertaining, good pace throughout the whole thing. Didn't feel rushed, but didn't feel slow. It was, it was great. Um, I really enjoyed the lore of the story, even though it had some, you know, silly kind of names, like the prime Merlinian, but the, I think the lore was pretty, pretty good. It was solid. And I really liked that. They keep talking about how science and magic kind of work together. They're kind of the same thing, but not really, but you can really think about magic in a scientific way. Even these sorcerers are saying that I thought that's pretty neat. Um, You don't hear that a lot in movies about magic and a great cast of actors. I mean, um, Alfred Molina playing Horvath. He's always great in everything he's in. Um, And it was, yeah. So you got Monica Bellucci, Alice Krieg, obviously. And uh, what's like the main character guy's name? He's in, um, he was in our movie. We just watched not long ago. This is the end. Uh, Well,
0: the character's name is David, but this is Jay Baruchel.
1: Jay Baruchel. Yeah.
0: Baruchel, Baruchel. Yeah. Yeah.
1: he's, He's really good in this. I thought he was very awkward, but. But, you know, straightforward. And he says what the audience is thinking a lot of the time. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, those are a lot of good things I like about it. So what are the bad things?
0: So so here's some of the things I struggled with. And I think my my main frustration with this movie is this was just short of being really, really good. Yeah. In a lot of ways. And maybe even and I'll get into this a little bit later, the jumping off of an entire franchise. Mm hmm. But they they missed the mark in a few places that really made the difference. Mm. Um, There was no trust in audience intelligence. Zero trust in audience intelligence. In that, everything in the prologue was expositioned elsewhere, but they didn't trust the audience to understand.
1: Like the whole opening sequence with Merlin and everything?
0: we right, right. Like that whole prologue, Merlin and Horvath and them and them trapping her and all that. All of that was expositioned later, but they didn't trust the audience to pick up on it. So like, well, we better show them. But I think about how much more enchanting this movie would have been if it had opened with the little boy on the field trip. Yeah. And going in the note flat, we follow that mystery and we're following him into that mystery. And then he meets Balthazar, the strange figure. And something crazy happens mm. and we get introduced. With him to this, but instead we knew what was going on and he didn't. And so there was no satisfaction of discovery.
1: It would have been perfect if, like you said, start off with a little kid. He goes in the shop, he puts on the ring, and then all of a sudden he flashes, his eyes go wide, and we just go back and see those scenes without a monologue on top of them. That's always like the laziest thing in the beginning of a movie is a big monologue, a voiceover explaining the way the entire exposition and ones go. And then or just, any
0: of those scenes could have happened later also because they did flashbacks later in the film too. when, be, when Balthazar is talking about stuff.
1: That's true. But it also was cool that he's the Mer, primer Merliner uh, that where that you see that he's now seeing through Merlin's eyes because he puts the ring on and he could be experiencing that event through Merlin. And that'd be kind of cool way of or doing or that.
0: even that could have been where the montage, a cut down montage of uh, of Nicolas Cage Balthazar traveling and giving the ring to all these different kids. Hmm. That could have gone there, too.
1: Yeah, I like it
0: just but it would have been so much more enchanting if we had opened with that. And instead, they didn't trust audience intelligence. And so they're like, well, we better show them a prologue that literally says out loud everything that's happening.
1: Yeah, literally.
0: (laughs) Um, So I just thought that they they lost it there. Someone screwed up. That was a bad choice.
1: Yeah, I agree.
0: Um, And the other thing I think this suffered from was that. They didn't, the writers didn't know who the main character was. Mm. David was the main character in all intents and purposes for all intents and purposes. He was the protagonist. He is the, the eyes through which we, the audience are seeing and discovering this world of magic. But Nicholas Cage was the bigger name. So he is featured in the film like the like the protagonist when he is not.
1: And an executive producer as well. So that kind of makes sense.
0: Right. And so instead of filling the older mentor role of Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, or Worcester Cockburn, one of those kind of roles where eventually they have to step back and the other guy has to take it over. He's just involved all the way through. Yeah. (laughs) All all the way through.
1: It's a Nick Cage Um, film, pretty much.
0: And another movie I can think of that did this better and, I'll, and I think I can identify why, was Pirates of the Caribbean.
1: Hmm.
0: Will Turner, Orlando Bloom, is the main character. He is the protagonist, but Johnny Depp is the bigger name. Right. So you get a huge character like Jack Sparrow that almost eclipses Orlando Bloom's character, Will Turner. Um, but I think the reason that Pirates succeeded and this failed is because then you had Keira Knightley In the the female role whose name I can't character name I can't remember. And she was a real character. We had scenes with her without the other guys.
1: Her own little fight scenes and stuff. And she had. uh, Right.
0: Versus Becky here was just here to be the girl to rescue. Yeah. She couldn't balance the equation because they didn't give her a character.
1: It ends up making Pirates of the Caribbean feel like more like an ensemble cast uh right. than, than having one necessarily main character, whereas this one, yeah, they just were kind of bouncing back and forth between Nick Cage and David and felt kind of And uneven. too
0: much Nick Cage.
1: Yeah, it felt uneven.
0: Um so, but I think about the fact that, like, you know, if they had made him a stronger lead, this could have set up for a whole franchise of films. This could have been three films like the Pirates movies. Yeah. Because so. what happens at the end of the movie? They they resurrect a bunch of Morganians.
1: Well, they all shows them going blowing up when the the satellite goes down. But more importantly, the after credit sequence. Did you watch that? No. So after credit sequence has you see a a camera panning across another magic shop, and you see in a glass box the actual big blue hat from Fantasia in a box, and then you see a hand go down, and it's the cane of Alfred Molina with his cane, and he's in this magic shop.
0: Right, because he left his
1: hat behind. Yeah, but right.
0: And then you have you have loose ends like Horvath.
1: Yeah, he's alive, and so they, they're racing hooking it in for a sequel, and then it, that just never happened.
0: We're right, and it's just. But I think this could have been a great three movies. I agree, but but they just didn't they didn't give enough to the female character Becky, to make to make David balance against the strength that was friggin' Nicolas Cage's Balthazar. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: and the writers gave Nicolas Cage too much.
1: And I, I think that's a good point about this that goes into my bad points is that Nick Cage was actually fairly good and toned down for this flick. Like he wasn't that as bad as it could have been, like way over the top, crazy, hackneyed uh, <laughs> Nick Cage. But he just felt miscast. Like I just felt like it should have been someone else with more gravitas or or maybe just someone more charismatic and not just kind of weird like Nick Cage was kind of grumpy and weird throughout this whole thing it just I feel like he was just miscast and kind of but it was going to be him all along because he was actually executive producer in this film he was kind of uh really integral in having this movie made actually what I learned later on um so yeah I feel like if just someone else was Nick cage against Jay Baruchel it would have been better um and that could have helped out this whole thing and they would have spent less time in that person like you said um
0: but yeah it's just it, it was because he he'd stopped being obi-wan Kenobi and he became too much Jack Sparrow.
1: Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh, I thought a lot of the actual dialogue itself was kind of hokey and hackneyed, sometimes pretty lazy writing with the dialogue. But I like what was happening, I like the story and the lore and everything. But just like some of the dialogue was like, you could have a little better than that. Um,
0: it feels like they only wrote Nicolas Cage's dialogue. And then Jay Barrow Show was like, uh, so uh, like what do I say, guys? And they're like, I don't know, just say something coy. And he <laughs> went, all right.
1: So is, where's the book? That looks pretty small. Oh, it's a it's a travel size. Okay, that's cool. Um, so <laughs> I also another bad thing about this film, they didn't give more screen time to Monica Bellucci because she is one of the most beautiful creatures on this planet.
0: Just yes, just gorgeous.
1: Yeah, she's fantastic, and then she had like ten lines. So I was very upset about that. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so that's uh, overall it's, it's uneven.
0: A, but I over. If you haven't watched it, watch it. If you did watch it, watch it again, because it's not as bad as you remember or I think the public made it out to be.
1: Yeah, they saw Nick Cage in a weird um, magic movie. Like, what the hell is that? But actually, it's entertaining. Your kids will like it, too, guys. If you have kids there, you can check it out. Um, But some trivia for this film, just a little bit of things. here. Yeah. So there's a 1935 Rolls Royce Phantom. That's his uh, Nick Cage's character's signature car in the movie. Um, this is apparently a one-of-a-kind car. There's only one of them, and it actually belongs to Nicholas Cage. <laughs> and the filmmakers are trying to find a really cool classic car for him to use as a character, so Cage offered it as an option to use and they loved it, so they really used it. Um and there's a scene where Horvath six wolves on on David. Is David his name? Or what's his name? David, right? David, yes. Yeah, yeah. So he six wolves on David. These were real wolves that they used in that scene that were trained, but apparently they were so nice and affectionate and tame that they actually had to paint dots on their faces so they could use CGI just to animate their scary faces onto them because they were just, like, the friendliest, nicest wolves in the world. Right.
0: They're just they're just happy to be
1: getting treats. Yeah, exactly. So they had to, like, make those ugly. Otherwise, though, that's why it looked so real. I said, like, that's some good CGI, but those were just real wolves with fake faces. Um, which is pretty, it was really well done because Disney money. They, they had really good CGI in this film for whatever year it was. So, yeah, and that's trivia. So in honor of uh, this Nick Cage movie, uh, we're going to play a little game here called Name That Nick Cage Freakout. <laughs> and so what we're going to have is Steve is have to listen to a clip and tell me what Nick Cage movie is this from. Oh, my God. <laughs> so are you ready, Steve?
0: Yeah. How many of these are there? Just like There's
1: an- 10 quick ones.
0: Whew. All right. Endurance trial. I love it.
1: All right. Here we go. First one.
0: Two more rounds. No wincing. No
1: whining. And you got yourself a deal, young lady.
0: Yeah. I'm going to get a hot fudge sundae.
1: Good call, baby doll.
0: That is kick-ass.
1: That is correct. <laughs> I don't have As a dig. Big Daddy. That's right. All right. Here's the second one. Hey, buddy. Ever heard of a line? Hey, have you ever been dragged to the sidewalk and be until you pissed? Blood!
0: Oh my god. Uh, I'm good. <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, I will go with Lord of War.
1: No, that's a good guess. That's one of his movies. But it, was, I don't know. it was actually Matchstick Men. Oh, damn. <laughs> All right, here's the next one. Well,
0: I think you better pull the trigger because I don't give a fuck. I'm ready. Ready for the big ride, baby <laughs> I don't know not only does he sound young but the audio quality sounds low so it sounds like it's something early in his career that I probably don't know
1: It's actually Face Off Really? Yeah. Uh, uh. All right, here's He the just next, sounds younger. He did I mean, he's, he he was, was a long time ago. It was like 95, 96. All right, here's here's one that you probably won't get. What am okay. I Okay.
0: Richard, oh, I know what this is Don't try to stop me out Because of his crazy little nephew being around Well, leave that <laughs> friends,
1: <man>. <laughs> <laughs> and Sorry for the R word That he used in there, folks But just it's from a movie Uh,
0: I have no idea. It's called a movie called Zero
1: Deadfall that I'd never heard of, uh, but he has a just sounds so nuts I had to include. I'll have to look it up. (laughs) He has weird prosthetics in that movie too. It's very old and very strange. All right, so here's one. Ronaldo Hayes, he got tossed up and he was running with it, he was running, running, running. He jumped over three linebackers
0: in midair. He sprouted antlers like a gazelle. (laughs) Like an elk. (laughs) He landed again, he ran, 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 he scored a touchdown. He sounds strung out, so I'm going to like with Leaving Las Vegas.
1: Oh, good guess, but it's another strung out movie for him called The Bad Lieutenant Port of Call, New Orleans. Oh, my God. <laughs> that movie happened. It did. All right, here we go. Here's another one. Going to detain a blighter for enjoying his whiskey. Sorry,
0: all right, that's enough, sir. a and mash, sir. Bums and squeak. What? Smoke your pie, sir. I guess. that's it.
1: Dismount the banister. I've got a lovely bunch of coconuts. Here they are standing in a row.
0: That is National Treasure 2.
1: That is correct. Good job on the 2 as well.
0: Because they're they're like an English palace or something. That's why I
1: remember. That's so great. Okay, here we go. A, B, C,
0: D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. That's all you have to do. I don't, he sounds young there too, but I was wrong last time. So I'm going to go with leaving Las Vegas again.
1: No. It's actually it. a movie called vampires kiss.
0: Who the hell would know? Oh my
1: God. All right. All right. Here we go. I said, put the bunny. Here. <laughs> in the box. What'd you say?
0: Con air. I just, oh, I yeah. only had to hear two words in the accent. Put to the know.
1: bunny in the box. back in the box. <laughs> wait where do they go oh there we go okay two more
0: here we go okay okay if you told me three days ago i'd be standing here with one arm and one testicle (laughs) trying to reason with you bitches i would have said impossible too but i'm telling you there's a way i'll go with wicker band (laughs)
1: This one I was mean because I'd never heard of it. It's called "Prisoners of Ghostland." It was from two years oh ago. Oh, my God, it was made in China. Um, <laughs> so here's the final one. All right. Whew.
0: Killing me won't bring back your goddamn honey. How to get burned? <laughs> How to get burned? How to get burned? I don't know. Oh no! Not the beast! <laughs> not the beast! <bees>. Ah! <laughs> I love my eyes. Ah! Uh, i'm gonna go with leaving las vegas oh come on you know <laughs> <That's>, that one it's
1: <laughs> <that's> a wicker okay <laughs> so you just said it all right let's see how does steven do he got one two Ooh, three four out of, four? Ten. Yeah, four out of right. ten not too not
0: bad too bad some of them not are very obscure.
1: So that's not your fault but that's yeah just, it's difficult
0: Ghosts of whatever the hell man
1: that was just a uh, one testicle <laughs> it was nuts Bye.
0: If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up.
1: What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant.
0: All right. This week, for all the clean freaks out there, and German, I'm talking to you, you germaphobe. Hell yeah. Uh, This week, I'm going to recommend one of the finest cleaning products that I have bought in many years, and that is a pressurized steam cleaner. Mm. Boy, this thing is amazing.
1: You were telling me about this a couple weeks ago, yeah.
0: It's about the size of a garden canister, like a watering can, Uh, and you put – ours takes 750 milliliters, but there are different sizes, but they're all pretty small. You plug it in. You wait till the green light comes on. You hit a button, and pressurized steam just comes spurting out of this thing and will clean just the grossest things in your life in mere moments.
1: Wow. Give us an example. Uh, We've
0: we've been fighting – well, the reason we got it is uh, we've been fighting a mold problem in our dishwasher. Ah, Uh, and we've tried a lot of different things, vinegar and all sorts of stuff. It's stainless steel, so we can't use the harder. We can't use the hardcore stuff. Right. Uh, And so I bought a steam cleaner and got gunk out of our dishwasher that you would not imagine. (laughs) And the nice thing about steam is unlike a rag, because I'd gone on there and tried to scrub steam just gets behind things. Steam does not give a crap. (laughs) That's like a honey Little That gap gap is it will get in there. Uh, and just blows stuff out. And uh, I used it on a couple of our windowsills. I use it around our sink. I use it in the dishwasher. And it is amazing. It is just amazing. And because it gets superheated with steam, you know it's clean and disinfected.
1: Well, here's my question. Does it just blow shit everywhere, though? Like, out of control? How, does he, how do you control the mess? So,
0: the if there's a lot of... Like, you're going to want to wipe what you can beforehand. Right. But there were some points in our dishwasher where I was getting behind stuff that we I couldn't get behind otherwise, and it just blew shit out of there. You're <laughs> right. There were a couple where it got real messy because it was getting at stuff that I couldn't touch otherwise. Right. Uh, you- but then around the sink, it just leaves water because, you know, I'd already wiped the sink and I did the grout around our kitchen sink and nice. around, our, our, uh, around the actual basin of the sink. And it just it's amazing. It is amazing.
1: So it worked really it well, like with- in, a, in a tub or something? It may. Because I have the hardest problem oh. with tubs, man. I hate, I hate cleaning tubs.
0: It could. It would very, at the very least disinfect it. That's true. But my fear with that is that because a lot of tub sealant is silicone, that it could actually blow the sealant off.
1: Oh, Jesus. Okay. That would
0: be my fear with, with, with like a, a silicone-based sealant.
1: It's like an indoor pressure washer, basically. <laughs>
0: it's an indoor pressure washer, and it is amazing. Uh, we got like a $50 model. They're really, really, really nice ones. We got the one that was like highly rated, but didn't look like it was going to blow up. <laughs> right. Uh, And it came with three or four different hose attachments and scrubby attachments and extenders so you can get it around corners and shit. Um, But I highly recommend pressurized steam cleaner. It is an amazing investment, and you will get stuff cleaned in a way that you didn't even know it was dirty.
1: I will eventually own one for sure.
0: Uh, That's right. That's your next birthday gift. (laughs) All
1: right. All right. Now it's time for some trailer reviews. All right. And this time we're talking about the unbearable weight of massive talent because we have a Nick Cage themed episode. And this is the new movie coming out soon but with Nick Cage starring as Nick Cage. <laughs> so what do you think of this trailer, Steve?
0: Um, it, it is interesting. It It's reminiscent of other films that have been made um, in that he is hired to go and entertain a rich guy that ends up being, I'm assuming, a drug cartel. Right. Runner, uh, played by uh, Pedro Pascal
1: of Mandalorian right? fame. Yep.
0: Yeah. Got the name right. Sweet. Um, and it it, it harkens to other movies like The Interview, where they're going to to interview playing Kim Jong-un, kind of playing, those, playing Hollywood people. And one of them is kind of a vapid actor um, or JCVD, which was a more serious movie where Jean-Claude Van Damme played himself in a hostage situation.
1: Yeah, that was pr- pretty good, too. So
0: this feels kind of like a mashup of those things, but this also feels bigger. Like there's chase scenes and shootouts. It's big budget. And the cage ends up working for, for the U S government to try to take this guy out
1: with like Tiffany Haddish and somebody else I have recognized. I can't remember. All while
0: having an existential crisis about, about giving up acting. And if he still had it anymore.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, it
0: looks crazy. You know, I won't go see it in theaters, but I would throw a few bucks at this on a, a rental service easily.
1: Yeah, it just looks nuts and crazy and kind of I heard about this movie almost almost 2 years ago I feel like. They were talking about making this movie. And I was like, oh, that sounds like something be amazing because <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> and he's no longer taking himself seriously. He's being in movies left and right to pay off his debts and stuff and uh he's this is a perfect movie for him to do right now at this time in his career um to not take himself too seriously. And Pedro Pascal's awesome, so um I think it looks like something to be pretty well done and pretty funny and entertaining. So, yeah. I'm pretty excited about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Agreed. Uh, so I think I give this uh, one Gary Busey. Just, he's like, hi. Uh, hi. Hey, Raul. Who plays me in this movie?
1: <laughs> uh, I'm going to give it a Gary Busey and a Raul Julia starring in the movie. And Gary Busey plays Nick Cage, and Raul Julia plays Pedro Pascal's character. <laughs>
0: And for some reason, Ralph Julia is in his outfit from Street Fighter. As a bison.
1: he always is for, for some reason. In my mind, whenever you're talking to him, I never see him in the Gomez outfit. I see him in the Street Fighter outfit every time. <laughs> that's <laughs> it's just, fair. That's how it
0: is. It's, it's a much more iconic outfit. The other one's just like a black suit.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the mustache, I guess, too. But that's, yeah. yeah, it's
0: true. That brings us to the end of episode 144 of A Play on Nerds. Uh, join us next week. Oh, we need to talk about what we're doing next
1: week. (laughs) Yeah, we'll figure it out next
0: time. Oh, we're just going to figure it out. We're going to figure
1: it out. (laughs) We're figuring it out.
0: (laughs) Well, thank you for joining us once more. We will keep on coming back to be your nerdy co-hosts. If you keep on coming back to be our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet.
1: Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at APlayOnNerds.com with all your questions or comments.
0: Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet
1: shout-out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back
0: catalog and other offerings at APlayOnNerds.com.
1: And how...